0: All right, welcome back to the brand new Wrestling Perspective podcast. He's Petey Williams. What's going on, Pete?
1: Oh, Dennis, not much, man. What's going on?
0: Not much. I'm Dennis Ferrell. Uh You know, we are the podcast. The first one we did with you uh, has gone ape craps. I mean, people love it, but a lot of people I I heard is like, "Who who's this Dennis guy?" So. I just want to say that, like, I came from the world of fantasy football. Always been a wrestling fan. ESPN, Fox Sports. I did radio. Decided to do a wrestling podcast. And after I don't know, would you call it a month or two of trying to talk you into getting into the podcast? You, you yeah. said yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was probably a month. I, I was just like, eh, you know, I, my other buddies have podcasts. I in wrestling, you never really want to, you Step know. On toes go go on somebody's turf you know even even back in the old territorial days you don't want to be i'm gonna wrestle in your territory and kind of promote in your territory it's the same thing with podcast. And some guys already have uh you know their hand in that bowl so you didn't want to really kind of step in it but it just seems like nowadays everybody's got a podcast it's almost like you're not a wrestler unless you have a podcast
0: and I feel like we're doing something a lot different than most of them. A lot of them are interviews and, and you know breaking down things. You and I would just kind of BS about wrestling.
1: Yeah, and I like it. And it doesn't mean that we can't break down wrestling. And we, and, we you know, will get some of my buddies on here for some interviews if uh, if they're willing.
0: I'm kind of geeked out about that one because that's the one thing I kind of said to you when we started. Is I would love to interview your friends, but I'll never ask you. And I'm I'm a little giddy. There's a couple guys that I have on a wish list, and they're probably not who you think.
1: Let me let me hear. It. Uh,
0: you know what? The Motor Scene machine guns would have to be number one on my list.
1: That that is what I think because those guys are probably my closest friends in the business, and uh, those would probably be you know one of the first guys that I ask. I think that if um, you know we get a party night, it would be it would be it would be badass if we all got drunk and did podcasts. I'm, I mean, we'd probably down. be slurring and all that kind of stuff, but. I think it'd be pretty badass. I'm
0: I'm down for that. And and, and Frankie, I you know, going through your uh, Twitter timeline, I, yeah. I just I I loved that guy when he was when he was wrestling. He still is wrestling, but and then I find out that he's in a rock and roll band or heavy metal. I'm sorry.
1: Yes, Frankie uh, does play bass guitar. Uh, very 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 close friend of mine. Um, we were actually man back in the early Impact days. We had a little group that we put together. It was funny. We were going to get shirts made and stuff. Just just like a kind of like a backstage click. And we called ourselves, uh, I think it was called 78 Delta or something <laughs> like that. And uh, we came up with a name because there used to be this uh, Orlando cop that used to work down there. And we were, we were trying to think of a name. And I said, hey, what's what's like the police code for uh, like indecent exposure or something like that? And he goes, huh, let's see. Well, we would call a." Uh, uh, a 78 Delta. Oh, perfect. All right. That's what we're going to call ourselves. And uh, we, You know, we had a, a password. Can't can't say that on the radio because it's a password.
0: Is it still <laughs> the, a thing? Is it still a password?
1: I think so. I, the, the guys would remember it. It's it's easy to remember. And then uh, kind of a thing that we would uh, say to each other, like, a, what's up? We'd say time. I don't know why, but we'd just say time. And every now and again, we'd text each other that, just kind of a a memory of the thing we used to do. The group was, I believe, myself, um, Frankie, uh, the Motor Steam Machine Guns obviously, uh, Amazing Red, uh and this is like this is back and Sanjay Dutt. This is back before even guys like um you know Xavier Woods came into TNA and all that kind of stuff. So you know we had a little little group going on back in the early days, two thousand four that's
0: that's pretty see that's the stuff people want to hear believe it or not I, I, yeah, I,
1: you know we never really talked about it past the. Uh, i've never even mentioned it before like on the radio or anything it's, really? it's just something i thought people didn't really care about oh dude you
0: know what <laughs> the wrestling average like i can sit down have a beer and talk to you and geek out and you know, I, I love that kind of stuff but the average wrestling fan for whatever reason i think really craves and needs the inside details on different things it's kind of weird like, they can't, yeah. they, they can't just I, sit back and enjoy the show. They have to know everything that happened in the
1: backstage. I, I guess so. And, you know, whenever I do a podcast or talk to people, it's always other wrestlers or something like that, But, um, or who, who have been in the business in some shape or form before. But, you know, coming from you, Dennis, uh, you, you know, you haven't been in the wrestling business. No. So I would look at you as, a, you know, like a, a smart type of wrestling fan. Uh, you,
0: you don't know the meaning of smart, then. Because <laughs> I'm far Heart from it. i a wrestling
1: fan. I, I am a wrestling fan. And here's the
0: thing I tell people. I don't, I'm don't i not a dirt sheet guy. I don't go on trying to find backstage news or anything. I like to sit down, turn it on, and be surprised. I mean, was it last November when Shane McMahon finally came back? I had no clue, and I loved every second of it. And then I decided, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, I would start thinking about getting into a wrestling podcast because I watched it every week and said, I want to do it from the aspect of, I don't know. This is this is my best guess. If I were to book it, this is how I do it. Right, wrong, or indifferent. But I don't want to be a dirt sheet guy.
1: And, and which is fine. I mean, I didn't know Shane was coming back. I didn't know, uh, believe it or not, I didn't know the Hardys were coming back. It seems like everybody knew, but I just wasn't into the, the dirt sheets or or looking online and finding out well, what are the Hardys doing next. You know, I know they were at Ring of Honor the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lost the tag straps to to, to the young bucks, um, but you know I'm I'm not really into the dirt sheets either.
0: You and I transition into something else, but you and I were talking via text the other day, and you had told me uh, that you had you you have a problem with remembering when you introduce yourself to people, and I want to <laughs> knock this <laughs> off, knock this <laughs> off because there's a funny story behind it.
1: Oh man, um I've done that before and it's I feel like such a dick and I really don't mean to be. I just I don't remember so much happens in a wrestling career and I, I'm sure um other wrestlers have gone through I know other wrestlers have gone through it because when guys come into the locker room for the first time, you don't you don't remember have I met this guy like 10 years ago in the indies? I don't know. Sure. So when somebody says hi to you like, "Hey, what's up, man?" I I've learned now not to say, hey, I'm Petey, nice to meet you. I don't introduce myself. I say, good to see you. That doesn't mean good to see you again, good to see you for the first time, good to see you. And that just kind of covers the base. I think a lot of other wrestlers do it. But um, I guess the, the biggest one is Christian York. Um, are you familiar with that name, Dennis? Yes, I am. Christian York. He- okay. So I guess um, – I wrestled him back in, I don't know, what year, but when TNA first started doing their house shows, uh, we were kind of under contract with a guy named Hermie Sadler, who's a, a NASCAR driver. Um, oh, yeah, I know NASCAR who. NASCAR I know driver, him. Yeah. Funny and, hair? What's up? He has funny hair? Um, sure. I don't know. Everybody has funny hair to me. Uh, his brother, Elliot Sadler, he's more of like the superstar um, NASCAR driver. But, so we were in a contract with him. He had in, he owns like Virginia pretty much. Um, Even got off speeding tickets because of it. Wow. And, he, you know, he was doing house shows and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't strictly TNA house shows. It was TNA guys. But he would bring in some independent guys that he'd want to use and stuff like that. And one day I wrestled Christian York. And we had a good match and stuff like that. Didn't think anything of it. Years later when I went back to TNA for one of those one night stand or not one night stands. What, are they, what do they call those views? One night only mm-hmm. um, Christian York was on the show and I had forgotten that I met him because he was assigned with them and stuff. And he's gotten in way better shape. He had like dreadlocks and stuff like that. So I, I don't reckon I didn't recognize the look and Jimmy Rave, who's a good buddy of mine, him and Christian York are standing at the bottom of the escalator waiting for me to get off my flight and stuff. And I walk down the stairs, give Jimmy a big hug. Hey, buddy, good to see you again, all that kind of stuff. And then I stick out my hand to Christian York, and I said, hey, Petey, nice to meet you. And he looks at me, and he goes, yeah, I know, we've met. I'm like, we have? I'm like, where at, man? He goes, Hermie Sadler Show, and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I, I apologize, man. I said, we didn't wrestle each other, though, did we? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we did. We wrestled each other. And I'm uh. like, man. I am such a dick for doing that. And Jimmy's just cracking up. And he goes, honestly, man, Petey's not a dick. He's just retarded, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, my, I had a brain fart or something like that. So I felt really bad. And I, I've always apologized to Christian York for that. Um, but now that I come to think of it, I do remember the match and going through the match. Just at the time, I didn't remember. Um, so felt like the biggest dick. And then I did it to even somebody else. I did it to MVP. Oh, my gosh. Um, I guess he used to hang out back. Before he was with uh, WWE, he hung out backstage. He did some uh, dark matches. And, you know, he's one of the enhancement guys for for TNA. And uh, when did I – it was Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. And Brian Kendrick was talking to him at the time, you know, backstage and – I walk up and I say hi to Brian, Brian, you know, good to see you. And once again, I stick out my hand and say hi to MVP. He says hi. And I said, Petey, nice to meet you. And he goes, yeah, I know who you are. We've met before, you know, and now this, this guy's somebody, you know, post WWE career, I sh- it feels like I should remember this guy. And, uh, right away to cover my own ass. I, I tell him the Christian York story, you know, just to make sure that he understood, Yeah, he understood, I'm like, I just can't remember that kind of stuff. So the funniest thing was the next House of Hardcore, um, Matt Stryker, him and I were picking up MVP from the airport, and I told him the story about what happened. And so (laughs) MVP, and this is only like, a, don't know, two months later or something, he gets in the car, he's putting his stuff in the back, and I said, Hey, man, what's up? Petey, nice to meet you. And he kind of just, I thought it was funny. <laughs> he didn't. No, no. He's like, uh-huh, very funny. Because <laughs> that, that's called big leaguing somebody. Oh, and I'm no. not a big leaguer. I just Do I left. would never big league anybody. But there's a
0: difference between big le—big leaguing and going for the laugh, I think. And you went for the laugh there.
1: Well, no, big leaguing is like the first time I did it to MVP. The second time I did it, that's going for the laugh. But, right. So, um, but I've been, I've been big leagued by Sting like every week. I think I, <laughs> I said hi to him like every week, and then he's like, "Sting, nice to meet you." I'm like, "Dude, I've been wrestling with you on this show for the past six months. Like, what, what the heck, man?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So um, I've been big league before. It's all right.
0: Growing up, were you a WCW or a uh, WWE guy? WWF.
1: I, I was definitely a WWE guy. Um, growing, you got to remember, I grew up in Canada. Right. I could watch ECW with the television broadcasting we had over there. Uh, I wasn't key to ECW until later on when they were pretty much done. I I knew what it was, but I couldn't watch it just because of our programming and network and stuff like that. And I didn't get into WCW until probably uh, the the Monday Night Wars Mm -hmm. because WWE's dropping hints about WCW. I'm like, "What, what are they talking about? And I go over there and I realize all the guys I used to grow up watching in WWE are now in WCW. So that really you know, brought me to WCW and even all my high school. For I was in high school at the time, I think 12th grade or something, when the Monday Night Wars were going on. And my friends that were ca- not even wrestling fans, they turned into casual wrestling fans, and we made it a point. Um, we-, we couldn't get Monday Night Raw live in Canada because we don't have the USA Network, hence the mm-hmm. name USA. So we'd have to watch it. The next day, I believe at 4 o'clock, 3 or 4, I don't really remember, um, on something called TSN, the Sports Network. Okay. So they had a contract with them through Canada, and all of our buddies would go over to one of our houses after school on Tuesday. They would show it on Tuesday, and we watch Monday Night Raw, we geek out big time. And then WCW, finally, after a while, they got a contract with our Sports Network, and then you'd have to watch that on Wednesday. So they'd always show Monday Night Raw on Tuesday, um, Nitro on Wednesday. And this is back before... When we had dial-up internet, still just turning into the DSL and cable internet.
0: No, I know exactly what I see. I was quite the opposite. I grew up. I actually around that time I was growing up in in Georgia, so Mm -hmm. I was I was NWA, WCW, uh, all the mid south stuff, and you know there'd be at Friday night, Saturday night, starting at like ten to like two a.m. would be all these wrestling promotions on TV. Nice. I I kind of grew up on that but you know WCW and you know WWF at the time they were on at the same time so I had to pick one I could I didn't I never flipped back and forth I stayed with WCW and it was probably many years later that I had to kind of catch up via YouTube on the Attitude Era you know I knew who The Rock and Stone Cold were but I missed a lot of those great things I was always a Chris Jericho guy so I did follow him over on his debut night, but that might have been the only time I really watched at that time WWF live.
1: See, then that, that means we did the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. We pretty much followed each other, but I did the WWE route, you did the WCW route, um, but the exact opposite. Very, very interesting. I don't think I've ever met anybody like you.
0: Oh, thank you. I mean, but yeah. It,
1: it, I don't mean that as a compliment. No.
0: So when when I say, "Oh yeah," I remember that it means you know probably ten, fifteen years ago I had to go back and watch it on YouTube yeah. and you know follow that storyline bits and pieces on whatever video was out there.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: It it you know you you miss a lot of great stuff, but at the same time you know, gosh. I can talk WCW for hours, WWE, and I grew up on the golden age, the 80s and 90s of the WWF. Mm-hmm. Everybody did superstars and Saturday yeah. Night Main Event and all that stuff. So I, I knew you know, all that stuff. So it wasn't like I was clueless. And I, I never paid attention to that product.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I that's how I grew up. I watched, uh, they had superstars on Saturday morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember watching that and then uh every i think it was once a month they had um saturday night's main event in place of uh saturday night live on nbc oh, and that was I a big because i was young and my dad let me stay up and watch that It started at what eleven thirty till one o'clock in the morning i used to always fall asleep but i was so geeked to get to, get to stay up that late and watch wrestling
0: what what was the mo because I, I still giggle at myself for this, because I, <laughs> I was late figuring out wrestling was fake. I just wanted to believe. At what point did you realize wrestling was fake?
1: Well, I've been a fan since I probably when I was five years old, I, I, I would think. Um, and I kind of knew it was fake. My parents always just threw that in there. It was fake. Like, you, you can't hit somebody in the face like that. 10 times and then still be standing there not bleeding and i'd say yeah that makes sense and then one day i remember my mom uh i was uh, how did I, I think six she pulled out an article in the newspaper remember those things mm-hmm. newspapers yeah and there was an article on how wrestling is fake like it's predetermined or something like that and she kind of read it to me and i'm listening and then she says Peter, my, my mom called me Peter, Peter, see, it's fake. And I never argued with her. I said, I, I know, Mom. Like, did you think I think it was real just because I'm super into it? She's like, okay, I, I just I just wanted to make sure that you knew it was fake. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know it's fake. I didn't realize how fake it was until I got a little bit older. I didn't I didn't realize that, you know, guys would talk about matches beforehand or, or whispered to each other in the ring did, yeah, I'm um, the same way. Or, or anything like that. I just figured they were wrestling each other, just fake. It's hard to. I know what you explain, mean. you know.
0: I the moment I realized it was, and I don't remember if it was just the natural disasters or the earthquake. If you remember him back in the WWF days, oh, of course. But it, him and Hulk Hogan were going at it. He did his finisher move where he sat on the chest like three or four times. And I remember and, that. And they were all like, "Oh, Elias' career could be over. He's not coming back." And at the end of the episode, and I'm I'm a kid at this time, they pull away and there's the Hulkster's logo, uh, the Hulk's, Hulkster's locker, and it was like his shirt and his boots on top of each other. And they're pulling away like this could be it. I don't know if he'll ever come back from this. And I'm. I'm balling cause you know, he's the Hulkster. You, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can I couldn't believe it. And my dad comes downstairs. He's like, what's up? I'm like, and this was Saturday morning. I'm like, it's done for I'm the Hulkster. And my dad's <laughs> looking at me like, did you eat paint chips? I mean, are you... <laughs> so he, he sat me down and had that talk of listen, son, the Hulkster will be back in two weeks. He's not really done. This is, you know, fake and all this stuff. And, I, I just refuse to believe it, and two weeks later Hulkster's <laughs> back and I'm like, crap, you know
1: I remember it's almost like you have to have that Santa Claus talk, yes, but about wrestling with your kids Mm-hmm. Uh.
0: <laughs> there's a moment when it goes on a little too long and you start to worry like well my kid's thirty two and he still believes it's real still real to me, damn it,
1: yeah, and I mean uh, your your kids do they watch my I just watch I try to get my daughter to
0: watch she's. Uh she's more I try to get her to watch the divas because I try to teach her like, look, you can do anything you want, look at these ladies are put on the yeah. show. And you know, if she sticks around for the guys, it's great, but I think she's kind of turning into a, a Bailey fan and a Sasha Banks girl. Um but she'll she'll watch if I go, Hey, you know, the, the, the women are on, she'll come running in and watch the women.
1: Oh, well that's good. My 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 uh daughter she's uh, six and a half now and I want to say a couple years ago Mm -hmm. um, I have a big scar on the bottom of my chin Uh, this guy named Jarrell Clark I think they called him 630 Jarrell Clark he was kind of like an enhancement guy uh, when I was in TNA and I remember myself and Bobby Roode we had to wrestle Jarrell Clark and Mikey Batts and you know, as an enhancement talent you're just supposed to make the other guy look good Mm -hmm. he was like hey man you know, I know he was trying to earn a spot on the roster. Um, he's like, you mind if I get my 630 move in? And I was like, oh, I'll probably get in trouble if I let him do that from from the higher-ups from the office. But you know what's it's like. But, yeah, and I was like, you know what, man? Yeah, you hit me with a 630. That's fine. So we set that up. He hits it on me, and his elbow just catches my chin. Mm. It busts me open. I'm bleeding. And now you have an enhancement talent that just busted up one of your you know, star talents on the show. So that doesn't look good. Um, good thing we we're going right into the Canadian Destroyer after that. Um, but I just picked him up and gave him a good shot in the face. And I was like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Just, just like on <laughs> the, the, I, I, I said that right to him. Trying to give him the Canadian Destroyer was over. So I have this scar, big scar. I never, I didn't get stitches because the doctors in the back, they said, you know, we don't have our suture kit with us. Uh, you go to the hospital at the time, I was still living in Canada, I don't have American insurance, don't know if TNA was going to pay for me, so I said, forget it, I taped it up, and it bled for like 24 hours, even when I was flying home on the plane, and uh, it just has a bunch of scar tissue, so my daughter was sitting on my lap one day, and she looks at me, and she goes, Daddy, what's what's that on your chin, and I said, it's a scar, she goes, How'd you get it? And I said, Somebody elbowed me, and then I explained I used to be a professional wrestler. And she was kinda like, What are you talking about? Like she, she just couldn't, you know, put it in her head, like, what is this professional wrestling stuff? So I showed her some of my stuff wow. and she was like, Oh, okay, that's you. So I, I don't know if she's gonna grow up thinking that everybody's dad was a professional wrestler that was on TV or something. I have no idea, but she'll she'll watch I don't actively ask her to watch the shows, but I remember watching uh, a money in the bank. I don't remember which one. And uh, she was actually really into it. And she said, dad, those guys are really having trouble getting that briefcase up there. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, that's, that's a good point. They are having trouble getting the briefcase from up there. Um, But then I have her watch a regular match where, you know, you got one fall, one, two, three,
0: and no interest.
1: yeah, she's like, I don't understand. I don't think she grasps the concepts or, cares. or wants to, even give the effort to understand how a match works. But she really likes the ladder matches because it's a simple concept. You got to go up there, and you got to grab the briefcase.
0: Did Did you ever meet your heroes? My heroes? Yeah, in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, we all had heroes, and you yeah. being around. Did you ever get to meet them? And was it what you thought it was? Because I've I've found myself becoming friends with some of the guys I used to watch and some of them I could honestly say, you know what? They may have been a holes at one time in their lives, but they've been amazing to me or this guy's exactly who you think he is.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I met a a lot of my heroes. I mean, you know, I met Bret Hart. Bret Hart's just, you know, like soft spoken, pretty mellow guy. You know, he was retired at the time and. I mean, I met him on numerous occasions, I mean that's.
0: You're Canadian, isn't? It? Isn't he required to be at every birth of every Canadian boy?
1: Yeah, he was at my birth. Okay. Yep. Um, he cut the umbilical cord. Yeah, he's uh, supposed to. I but... passed the scissors right over to him. He's like, Brett Hart, I understand you got to do this. So yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but I met him. Uh, I guess an a okay story I thought was kind of funny is Hulk Hogan. Um, I met him. I think at the first. TNA monthly pay-per-view at the time it was called Victory Road, he was there, all all the stars were there. He was just there hanging out and I remember Macho Man, he was on our show and he was thinking that Hogan was there to like sabotage him or something like that cuz he was freaked out. I don't know. Um but wow. fast forward a few years, many years when I went back to TNA for a little run when Hogan was kind of running the show, um I was just sitting backstage. We, that's when we filmed like two shows and I was like on the second show mm-hmm. and I don't remember a city we were in and I'm kind of half dressed. You know, I got my, uh, knee pads on my boots. Uh, I kind of have a t-shirt on him. I'm half dressed and I'm just watching uh, the backstage monitor. It was, I think Hogan had crutches at the time. He was, um, doing an angle with sting or something like that. So he comes to the back and well, let me go back a second throughout the whole day. Hogan was super busy we kind of locked eyes a little bit when he was walking in the halls and I was in the change room but I'm like I'm, I'm not I'm not bugging him he's busy with all the pre tapes and all that kind of stuff he has to do so he comes back from his segment in the ring and he walks by with Bischoff and then he stops walks past me comes back and goes brother He's like, I'm so sorry, man. I haven't said hi to you all day. I've been walking around with my head up my ass. How you been, man? You been good? I'm thinking, like,
0: Hulk uh, Hogan?
1: Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> apology accepted, I guess. Uh, you know, and then, so we go on our way. We say hi, you know, exchange pleasantries and stuff. And then I go to Bobby Roode and I go, Bobby, listen to what just happened to me. And I tell Bobby, and I said, this Hogan used to watch our show? Like, what's the deal? I haven't wrestled here for like four years. And he goes, no, he's he's really in tune to what's going on. So I thought that was pretty cool that Hogan knew who I was, even though we never worked with each other when I was in TNA. But he was really in tune. I guess, you know, when they said they wanted to bring me back, I don't know if he watched my stuff or he knew who I was and watched it during the TNA time. So I thought that was really, really cool that he kept up with the modern-day wrestling.
0: I met Lex Luger once. I was a kid, and I think I had said something stupid or funny, because like, as kids do, right? Yeah. And I don't know, fast forward 30 years, it almost seems like I was in the Boy Scouts at that time. He actually remembered me when I interviewed him. Really? Yeah. And uh, I, I said, You know, I met you once, you'll never remember. And, you know, I, we shook hands and I was like, I'm never going to wash this hand again. Cause I was a kid and he was Lex and Sting was yeah. right next to him. And he goes, you know what? I might remember that. I go, there's, there's no way you remember that. And he went on to go, yeah, because I think we giggled and we laughed about it for, for like a week. Cause I, you know, as a kid and. He's like, was it you know back at center stage outside? I was walking in, and you were with uh you were with like Boy Scouts or a baseball, right? I'm like, holy cow, Lex Luger wow. remembers.
1: He wasn't pulling your leg because no. that's something that's something I would say to be like, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, that's no, something we don't all say. You.
0: Uh, you know, when I when I was doing radio, people would be like, hey, do you remember I called into the show? I'd be like, yeah, I remember? <laughs> nope, no clue. Not. Yeah, it happens a lot. What do you, man, you know, I'm trying to think of what else. Cause I don't want this to be a straight, like I'm interviewing you cause it's our show together. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of a transition into something more newer. Is there a guy maybe on, you know, cause I, I, I'm slowly getting caught back up with TNA. Um, <laughs> I, I watched, I think my first TNA show in many, many years. The other night I thought it was good. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see this product in full swing. Hopefully they can resurrect it or, or fix whatever the problem is, although I think they took a bad PR hit with the Hardy thing. I think if I was in charge of TNA or Impact, I may just said, go Hardys, go do whatever you're doing with this gimmick because I don't know, and, and, you know. Me personally, I don't know if they're really in that good of a position to take that kind of PR hit.
1: Um, it probably came down to money their contracts were expiring they probably wanted more money because they knew they were getting over and I don't think Impact or TNA is in the position where they can give more money it's not that I don't know if it was a creative thing it probably wasn't because they're they're owned by a different company now and they might not have the money to, to put forward I know when we were with Spike TNA itself didn't have a lot of money to put forward but Spike would help pay our um, costs, like our our cost to hire our talent, like Sting mm-hmm. and Hogan and stuff. They would put up pretty much a lot of that money because they know we can't afford that. But they wanted a big star like that on our show, so I don't think this new company um, or even Pop TV, what they're on now, has that money to be like, yeah, we want a big star on our show. We'll we'll upfront the money. So it probably came down to a money thing. I would say. I don't think it had anything to do, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't think it had anything to do with, hey, we don't like your gimmick. Um, I could see Matt saying, I want, creative, I want a lot of creative control. I could see TNA offices saying, no, we don't want to give you creative control. That's you know, bad for business, as we have learned in the WCW days. Right. Uh, but it probably came down to money, a lot of it. Watching
0: all the WWF stuff is there one guy you would have booked different? Because I, I watch the show and I like, we all like to think we we're smarter than the people that put on the show that and you know, I, I don't know Jack and neither does the guy listening. Neither does probably some of the wrestlers doing this stuff, but you know, pulling out your inner booker, is there one guy that boy, if they would have came to you, you could have made a star out of. And, and, and,
1: Old WWF days or or new WWF days? New
0: WWF days. days. What's that? The new WWF days because I kind of feel like I could have done something fun with Roman Reigns. Everybody seems to hate him, and I think, you know, not turn him heel. I kind of like that move right now, and people think Mm -hmm. I'm an idiot because, you know, you kind of said it to me once. You know, some of these guys that we're watching now, we'll remember them in 20 years. And I, I think the old adage is you never give the fans what they want. Because you want him to come back, and yeah, and people want Roman Reigns so bad to turn heel. I I wouldn't give it to him right now.
1: Yeah, we, and then we talked about this last uh, last episode. I, I think they're booking him perfectly. You know, they they know how to book him, especially at the end of the Royal Rumble and stuff. That that was that was perfect booking. Um, a guy that I would like to see because I'm a big fan of is Cesaro. I think they had some steam behind him after a couple years when they. When he won that first Andrew the Giant Battle Royal, they they let him go with Paul Heyman for a little bit, and then they just kind of—I uh, I don't know what they did. They stopped that storyline or whatever, and then he's at where he's at now. But I think they—he he could have a good match with anybody. He's strong. He's uh—he's he, in touch with the fans. He's got a Cesaro section. He's marketable. He's—he's mm-hmm. he's good. I I think they may have dropped the ball a little bit with him, but. I know they think highly of him because they have him in a a, a good spot on the roster, but I think they could have did so much more with him. They could have had, if they would have ran with, after two years ago, they could have made him the Roman Reigns, you know, not where Roman Reigns sit now, but they could have pushed him like they're pushing Roman Reigns and they could have had last WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar versus Cesaro in a match. That That's... That's what I think they dropped the ball there. And I, I hope they, with the new guys coming up, I hope they don't drop the ball with Nakamura. Um, I know he's not English-speaking. He's probably the most over non-English-speaking guy they've ever had on their roster. So hopefully, I don't know if they give him a, a mouthpiece or just book him well that he he doesn't fade out like a lot of the stars do. Um, Ty Dillinger, I'm... Ooh, I'm not a fan of his. I used to wrestle with Ty Dillinger. Did you? And, uh, Sean Spe- yeah, Sean Spears. Um, he, He's Canadian. And I, I don't remember if I teamed with him or wrestled with him. Once again, my bad memory. Somebody just tweeted a, a, a match that he was in with me the other day. And I'm like, I don't even remember that. But <laughs> okay, sure. And I hope that once this – th- I hope this 10 gimmick keeps going on. I mean, he's a really good talent and stuff, and I just hope that – they keep pushing him. And he doesn't turn into I uh, I don't know, a Kurt Hawkins or whatever. Oh boy.
0: Tyler yeah. breeze.
1: Yeah. And to
0: wrap this up, cause you, you've got a vacation to get too soon and I've got mm-hmm. opening day, not to da- date this podcast. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else. Do you, I thought uh, I might've had one more question,
1: but I don't know. Do you have anything? That- I, I don't have any more. We could save it for next time. Let's There's always more way. podcasts. Yeah, You said see. you had one more question? I thought I did, but, man, thinking
0: now, I'm not sure. I, I, let's save it.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, guys,
0: you can be part of this conversation if you go over to the Facebook page in the Wrestling Perspective Podcast Facebook page. Post your thoughts, your favorite memories when you figured out wrestling wasn't fake or, or wasn't real. Uh, you know, we want to hear from you because we'll read some of that stuff. Your tweets, where can people follow you, to, Petey? Um,
1: I, on Twitter, my handle's IPDWilliams.com. Hey, you know, I do have other stuff. I sell t-shirts on Pro Wrestling Um, So I, I just got a check the other day. I'm like, who's buying my shirt still? I haven't wrestled in like three years. So, uh, yeah, you can... Grabbing my t-shirts, I think I got one of three up there.
0: We should get a wrestling perspective t-shirt because that that logo we had yeah. made is pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, hit it up and I'll I'll throw it on there with my Petey Williams stuff. Man, am I really getting back into this? This is this is ridiculous. I think you are. Look at this, you know.
0: <laughs> you know what? If you went back to wrestling, you could wear the podcast t-shirt out to the match. You could be they, like
1: they wouldn't let me. That's it's it's really. Could, they don't they don't really let you promote your own stuff when you're working for them.
0: You could be like you could be you could somehow take the wrestling perspective and be like the genius. The genius, you know, <laughs> the perspective PD Williams and oh, and like during genius. and during other people's matches you could come out with a mic and critique them and that would be <laughs> so ridiculous. That would be come on. You're giggling because oh. you thought that might be kind of cool. Not
1: Hey hey did you hear who uh Who's back at tna no who sanjay dutt uh oh yeah i guess he turned down uh he, he's backstage he, he's part of uh, when jeff jarrett was doing that Raw King cow over in india um sanjay you know who speaks hindi right. was like the main liaison guy so um and then when jeff would do his promos in the ring sanjay would interpret so he was one of the top guys there so you know him and jeff are, are pretty tight now um so now he's doing uh he, he, He's one of the producers for the show. And so Sanjay's down there. And I'm like, oh, man, Sanjay's one of my boys, you know?
0: Does, does that does that you it,
1: one way or the I'm other? Not, I'm not going to say, but I'm just like, wow, you know, because he turned down an offer from uh, WWE. Because, you know, when you work for WWE in production in their office and stuff, they want you to move to, or, or if you're a trainer down there in, in Orlando at the Performance Center, they want you to move down there or at least somewhat relocate. But I know Sanjay, and he's the same way as me. You, you, you got roots in a certain area. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to move. You know, you got a mortgage. You got, you know, your kids are in the, the school. They got the friends up there. Your your wife has a job. And that we, you got to stay local. So I think that's what stopped him from going there. If that makes sense. I would do the exact same thing. So I think he signed up uh, with TNA. And now, who knows? He might be he might be wrestling. I don't know. It, it, so. it,
0: it sounds like they're going after some of the available talent that they had during their heyday.
1: Yeah, and that's what it's. And if it is, then TNA has a good shot again. They really do.
0: They they lost out. I mean, you don't have Bobby Roode or Eric Young, Sting. You don't have you don't have one of the Dudleys now, or both of them. I think one's in WWE, one's in Ring of Honor now. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it. Although it does show as we wrap this up, it does show the depth at one point you guys really had. That's you know unfortunately did not you know make it because of i'd say the higher ups but you you look at your guys now where they are now and that kind of legitimizes the product you had then
1: yeah and i mean finally if you look at guys just like ecw you know those guys Mm -hmm. um that's a nostalgia type thing people would love to see like an ecw back in their heyday if those guys came back and form ecw again just kind of like kind of like TNA. So I think that's what they're going for. They know what brought the office knows what brought TNA to the table. And I think they're trying to trying to bring that back.
0: Oh, I know I said one last one, but I do have a question and something I was been waiting to ask you. Do you have a copy of the video
1: game you were in? Um, let's see. Let's see. Yep. I'm looking at it right now. How cool is that?
0: How, how I've never, uh, unless I created myself, did you ever kind of play it? Did you play as yourself? Because I'm not sure if you're a gamer or not,
1: but you know,
0: <laughs> you're in a video game. How far did that go with you?
1: Um, It's still in the package. I have not played it. Um, <laughs> I know that's bad. I actually, I played it when it was in uh, production still. I was there. They were doing all the, um, the pictures and motion capturing and stuff like that. So I was at the Midway offices doing that. And I got to play the game before it was polished and stuff. Um, I guess they pay guys at the time like nine, ten bucks an hour to play the games (laughs) and find out like what um, glitches and all that kind of stuff there is there. So I played it for a little bit and it was cool. Uh, I guess I was a downloadable character. You know how they, that was a big thing back then. So myself and I think, I can't remember, maybe Curry Man, we were downloadable characters. So, which is smart in TNA because they charge you whatever it is for the game, fifty bucks, but then you got to pay the one ninety nine or whatever the package deal is to actually get the Canadian Destroyer move. To my understanding, because that that my move came with a package. So, um, but I guess, from my understanding, one of the first motion captured moves in that game was the Canadian Destroyer, and Colt Cabana did it. I heard.
0: Oh, that is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think I'm so, going to go buy a whole bunch of them, and we should get you to autograph them and then give them out to some of the fans who listen to the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. If you can find them, geez, they're not in production anymore. So, I, The internet. They probably, yeah, but they probably charge an arm and a leg now. Dude. I know my uh, action figure used to be, what, $7.99, $8.99? Now online you got to pay like 40 bucks for it or something like that because right. it's not in production. So uh, good luck if you're trying to get uh, – um, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, impact a TNA impact video game.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna look and, and let you know. All right, that's the uh, podcast. You can find P.D. I P.D. Williams on Twitter, me at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell. Uh, go over to our Facebook fan page and be part of it, and uh, we'll make sure you get the shout out next podcast. Thanks, guys, so much for downloading and listening.